Hello there, and welcome to our Sardis Fellowship Sermon Podcast. My name is Richard Frankowitz, and I'm the Youth Director here at Sardis Fellowship. To find info on our speaker and series, please check the podcast description. Thanks for listening, and enjoy! But here we are. We're talking about vision. We've been in this sermon series a little bit now for about three weeks since our kickoff Sunday a couple weeks ago. And I want to talk about it again today, but um, really asking God to speak to us from his word. Preaching is a challenging thing. It's not just about getting the right words on paper, although we do kind of do that, right? Um, it's not just a speech, right? It's not like, like just know your content well enough and present your content. There's another element to it that is a spiritual dimension, where you're wrestling with the word of God to know it, to understand it, but to also understand then the heart of God. What is the message from the word of God that we should be hearing from God's heart to our hearts so that it impacts us, it shapes us and changes us, that it leads to action. And so I've been wrestling with that this week because I kind of feel like today's message might be a little bit different uh, than some other messages because I sat here on Wednesday morning, as I often do, Right here in the dark, no lights on, just praying and talking to God and just trying to center my mind on what I know the word of God says. But Lord, what is your heart about that? And I heard him saying to me, Rod, just share your heart. And if you've been around here long enough, I've been around here long enough, 19 years, you would probably think, yeah, Rod, we kind of know your heart. You know, you preach enough that we get to see your heart. But I'm feeling something that is stirring in my heart, and it has been for quite some time, and I believe it reflects the heart of God, and I believe it's the message that God has for this congregation at this time, something that we need to focus on. It's not new to us. We talk about this a lot, but maybe we just need to be fresh in our minds about the understanding that our God is a missional God, that he is on mission here, that he has sent his son into this world. That is a mission trip. He came into the world to rescue us, right? And Jesus, the Son of God, now sits at the right hand of the Father on the throne, but he is the one who has all authority, all power, which has been given to him, which he then gives to us to go out and make disciples of all nations. That's our command. That's our mission. Matthew 28 says, Then the eleven disciples, note, it used to be twelve. It's eleven. At this point, this is after the death and resurrection of Jesus. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. That's good to note. Not everyone believes the evidence given. That's still the same today. Some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, he's speaking to his first disciples, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, which we do. This is our baptistry over here. Sometimes we do it at Cultus Lake. We've used my swimming pool. doesn't matter where you do it, but that's what matters, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And here we are in 2023. Not quite yet the end of the age. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, Jim... Sue, Dylan, Kate, Steve, Allison, Ben, Ellen. Should you choose to accept it as to make disciples wherever you go, starting where? Starting in your own home. Starting on your street. Starting where you work, in your community, in our country and around the world. And as always, if any of your disciple-making team should be caught or killed, your Father in heaven will not disavow you, but rather acknowledge you as his own, receiving you into your eternal 
inheritance because you have the Holy Spirit within you. Okay, a little adaptation from Mission Impossible. It starts in our own lives. Jesus came with a promise. We talked about this last week. Jesus came with a promise to offer us something. What was it that he offered us? He said, I offer you life. And he contrasted that against the thief who comes to kill, steal, kill, and destroy, right? That's the thief. That's what is hooking so many people down that path. And Jesus says, I come to give you something different. I offer you life. Life to the full. John 10.10, one of my favorite verses. This passage really speaks about the fact that he has brought us out of death into life. Ephesians 2. But because of his great love, which we just sang about, which never runs out, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, dead in sin. You, you weren't just kind of like marginally, you know, dysfunctional or broken. You're dead. And in Christ, you come alive. That's the difference. It's like a switch in a room when the light is off and then the light goes on, okay? Dead, alive, on, off. By his grace, you have been saved. This is the message that first God uses in us. So it's his transformative work in us through that message. And we go, whoa, wow, I don't deserve that. That's right. That's what grace is. And so we experience that ourselves. And then he invites us into his transformative work in the lives of others. And so last week we were talking about being transformed by the power of God. And we heard Brad Smith's testimony. And if you didn't hear it, you can watch it today uh, on our website, sardisfellowship.com. You can watch it or you can listen to the podcast. A great testimony. You don't want to miss it. About being transformed by God's power. The mission that God has for us is to experience this work in our lives and then to be a part of the process of being a transformative presence for others. And we don't think of ourselves that way. I, I get it. It's lofty language. We don't walk around going, I enter the room you know it, the light shines, the transformative presence is amongst you. You don't do that, right? And you don't necessarily even feel that. But the truth of the matter is that the light of Jesus Christ that lives within you shines out from you. And you become a transformative presence because you reflect the reality of Christ in your life. And the emphasis here is that that presence is in our local community, in our homes, on our street, where we work, wherever we go. Collectively, as a body of Christ, we gather to worship God here. We gather to encourage one another. We gather to hear his word. We gather to bring a song in our heart that reflects what we believe about God as worship. We give as an act of worship. All of this gathering, we come in to be reminded of the mission that God has us on in our everyday lives. This isn't once a week. This isn't your religious practice. This is your opportunity to gather, to be encouraged, and then to go. Right? To go back out into the world where you live and work and operate. Gather and go. A few years ago, I wondered why the Catholic Church called their services Mass. I had grown up with a next-door neighbor kid who always said he's going to Midnight Mass. And I always thought that the word Mass was somehow tied to midnight. Well, not at all. I looked it up. Um, and it has to do with the final words that the priest would speak before they would leave from their service out into the world. And I want you to catch this. The word mass comes from the Latin word uh, misa. At one time, the people were dismissed from their worship service with words in Latin there, meaning go, you are sent. The word misa comes from the word misio, the root of the English word mission. Are you following this? 
those assembled are sent forth to bring the fruits of Christ to the world. And, and we used to have a banner. I don't know if you remember. It was up in the window when you would leave our foyer out into the parking lot through the main doors. There was a banner that said, transforming our world. And it had that kind of idea in mind that we have gathered on purpose to be encouraged in our faith so that as you are going, you are actually sent. And again, I know we don't often think about, like, we think about I'm coming here to church because I have a need and I want that need to be met and I want to meet with God. And that's good and that's a part of it. But by nature of your relationship to Jesus Christ, when you leave here, you are being sent to go out and to take Christ with you to the world where you live and work. We gather to go. That's the mission that we've been called to. Um, Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's awesome. You know, sometimes you don't even have to speak the words. People see your good deeds and they go, I know who you are. I know you're a Christ follower. And God gets the glory for you living that out. Our mission is to make disciples and our vision statement statement is to help us get there. And we've been showing this the last few weeks. We know that, or you might know that the ushers were passing these out at the door. I hope you got one. This is just for you to have a bookmark to kind of remember what it is that I believe you are a part of because you're a part of the family of God. Our vision statement as Sardis Fellowship is to be a community centered in Christ, empowered by the Spirit to the glory of God as a loving, just, visible, transformative presence in our local community and world. Last Sunday, we talked about being transformed by the power of God. That when Christ comes into our lives, we realize he takes us out of the kingdom of darkness and he places us into the kingdom of his son of whom he loves. It actually says he rescues us. Rescues us. He doesn't help us get over there. He rescues us and places us into the kingdom of his son. Today, what I want us to talk about is this last part of the phrase about being visible in our local community. A transformative presence in our local community. But I want to be clear right at the front of this message today that the, the, the points before that are really important. Number one, none of this happens without the empowering of the Holy Spirit. None of this will happen unless the Holy Spirit of God does it in us and through us. And the way in which that works is that we surrender ourselves to his leading. And when we do, he works. He moves. We might say, oh, that was a coincidence. No, it wasn't. That was the Holy Spirit bringing your life into that other person's life. So anything that's going to happen will be done by the powering of the Holy Spirit, empowering. The second thing is when it does happen, God gets the glory. Let's just be really clear. We're not here to talk about how good our church is, what amazing program, aren't we so smart, and blah, blah, blah. No. We are here to talk about Jesus Christ. We are here to give him all the glory when a life is transformed. Amen? But God invites us into that process to be a transformative presence. And that's what I want us to talk about because that's the part I felt God wanted me to share. That's the part I felt was on my heart. We need to focus on this part of our vision statement. That we need to be a visible transformative presence in our community. We need to look outward. We need to think about being outward looking people aware of our surroundings. Who has God placed in my life? Who is he placed in my home? Who is he placed on my street? Who is he placed by way of colleagues or where I go to school or friends? And, and collectively as a church, we need to look at that as well and say, where has God placed us? We live right here, this building, although it's not the church, it is the facility, the house we gather in, is placed in a location on Wells Road in Sardis. And who are our neighbors? We've got an elementary school over there, the Society for Community over there. We've got stratas around us like that. We've got individual single dwelling homes back on this side over here. Who are our neighbors? 
Because God wants us to be visible in our community. He wants us to be a transformative presence. And here's what I think. I think we play it too safe. I think we are much more comfortable just to do what we do in here and not bother to go out there. It's just easier. And I think to some degree we might struggle with how do I live out a public faith in a world that really doesn't want you to. And so, you know, we might think, well, this is a private matter. And I get the challenge of trying to live out your faith in your community. Um, you, you don't want it to be insincere and you don't want it to be like radical, right? I'm not talking about being radical. I'm talking about being real. I'm talking about being a real person who really knows and understands the love of Christ for themselves, who then becomes a loving just, transformative presence in the community. We're just talking about being real about who we are, being real about who we have experienced, and just being real with others about that. So no pretentiousness, no we're better than you. No, we're not. That's why we come to the communion table equally before Christ to say, this is what we need, every single one of us. We are all people in need. We want them to meet the real God of the Bible, and we want the real God of the Bible to show up and transform lives. Don't you? I do. I want my life transformed more. I want him to do a deeper work in me, but I also want my neighbors and friends to know Christ. I want a deeper urgency in my own heart that says I care. I care enough to maybe risk the conversation to take it in a direction that I find so hard, I think so often we play it safe by keeping the barriers high for entry into any kind of church program. Let's kind of keep the bad people out, right? We have that kind of mentality and let's keep it religious enough so that then they won't feel comfortable coming in and, you know, that kind of makes it easier. Nonsense. Jesus didn't do that, by the way. He didn't do that. He went out. He went out and it really made his disciples squirm and it made the religious leaders view him in disdain and Jesus said, what you don't understand is my mission. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And that's the mission of Christ. And that's the mission of Christ that he invites us into. And therefore, let's not lose that spirit. Let's not lose that mindset. Let's not lose that understanding that we are those sinners. We are the sick. We are the ones that he came to save. We are not the righteous. The only righteousness we have is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And that's what we want other people to know for themselves, right? And so we want to never lose the spirit of Christ that says that's our vision statement as we're living a loving, just, visible, transformative presence in our local community. Sardis Fellowship, we've been good at keeping Christ centered, I believe. I don't want to change that, being centered in Christ. I think that we're pretty good about the understanding of the power, empowering of the Holy Spirit. At least we understand it. It's, it's in our theology. I, I don't know if we believe deep enough in our own hearts. There could be some work to be done on that, and I believe we will be focusing on that this fall as we look at prayer efforts together of seeking God and seeking the Spirit to work and move. 
Jesus said, it's good for me to go so that the helper, the comforter, the advocate may come, right? This is good. This is good that the Holy Spirit is here. He is God present, not only amongst us, but in us, empowering us to do what God wants us to do. But I think that we've maybe been a bit weak on the transformative presence in our local community. And I'm not the only one who thinks that because our leadership team and our staff, we went through a little process where we put this statement up and we said, how good do we think we're doing on each of these? We did a little green light, if good, yellow light, if maybe not so good, red light, we need to really focus on it. And living as a just, a loving, just, visible, transformative presence in our local community came out on the weak side. It's a growth area for Sardis Fellowship. Now, it's not that we're doing nothing in this area. I have a number of things I can celebrate, but... We believe that we want to see more than two people get baptized a year. 2023, so far two people have been baptized. And I know it's not just about numbers, but numbers tell a story, as we've often said. And I know it's not just two lives that has been changed or impacted or, or God has worked in because two people have been baptized here. But I'm just simply saying, I'd like to see more lives transformed and more lives declaring their faith in Christ through baptism. That's what I'm saying, would you? I mean, how about 12? How about 22? How about 52? How about Easter Sunday, 50 people being baptized? I said that once to our leadership team. They're holding me to it. I'm like, hey, hold it. <laughs> I'm just the guy preaching, <laughs> empowered by the Spirit. Let's pray. Let's ask God. But I want to see lives transformed. Transformed. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We know what that looks like. We see it all around us, and we to some degree have tasted it ourselves if it were not for Jesus Christ intersecting in our lives and giving us life, right? I want to see that transformative work of Christ in my own life and those around me. I long to see that. I know the urgency in my own heart needs to be deeper. Today is the day of salvation, and if a person's here this morning and you're wondering about all of this, listen, Christ offers you life. Trust him. Talk to us about that. The Bible tells us there's heaven and there's hell. There's eternity after this life. There needs to be an urgency amongst us. I'm sure it'll all work out in the end. No, today is the day of salvation. We need to decide now while we're living to make a decision for Christ. And the decision simply is, will you receive or will you reject? Will you receive what God offers or will you say, yeah, no thanks, I don't need that. I'll take my own path. No, receive what he's offering. It is truly life. We don't do this alone. We do this together. In fact, our witness is one of a collective witness. Jesus said to his disciples, I give you a new command, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So it really is a collective sense of how we treat each other that is our witness, but what does it look like collectively for Sardis Fellowship when we do something? And I really thank the, the men's connection that put on the uh, Battle of the Barbecues out here. It was a block barbecue where we invited our neighbors free of charge, come on out, and, and the men's ministry kind of hosted it and put it on. Uh, many people participated to make that work. That was one of our efforts to try to be visible in our community, trying to be a transformative presence in our community with a collective sense to it. This vision to be a transformative presence in our community is also happening when we support ministries like Adult and Teen Challenge, which, by the way, they have a graduation service tonight at 6.30 um, at Yarrow MB Church, if you want to go um, to that. When we support Ruth and Naomi's mission, that, that's about being a 
transformative presence in our community or Salvation Army or Cyrus Center or Pearl Ministry. The Society for Community Living Next Door, we're asking them, how can we be of help to what you do over there? And we've asked that of the Squaw First Nation Band. How, how, how could we be of help to you? We just want to serve. How, how could that happen? And so we're asking God to open doors like that. We've, for four years now, or almost, run a program called Afternoon Adventures in Evans Road Elementary School, um, which right now, you could be in prayer. We need a leader. We need someone who's going to lead that program. We don't want to lose it. That's one of our collective efforts of being visible in our community, in a local school, when often, you know, they're a little bit hesitant to have church groups come in. We don't go in and preach. We go in and love kids. We go in and we put on a program for kids that maybe aren't a part of other programs. And we just allow them to sense what that love feels like. And it opens doors. It builds relationships. Families wonder why. We put on barbecues. The parents or the guardians or the grandparents, they come out. And when they come out, they ask us questions. Oh, yes, I know that church. I walk by it every day. I said to one lady when we put on a Christmas uh, banquet here for the families and she came through the door, I said, did you find us okay? She goes, did I find you okay? I just live across the street. And I'm thinking to myself, yes, but this is the first time you've been in our building. We don't want to lose Afternoon Adventures. Pray, pray that we will have a a good leader for that program. And if you're a person that's interested, speak to us. I'm glad we have Sardis Kids. It's an amazing program. I'm glad we have Wednesday Night Youth. I drop by sometimes. Richard, they're having fun. The kids are running around having a great time. It's great because kids need to feel like they belong in a place that's fun and safe and they're loved. But I am concerned that we don't have enough out there, that we focus a lot in here. And that's my thought. That's my challenge. That's my concern this morning. As Sardis Fellowship, are we visibly present in our community with this transformative presence? I have a one-year vision. I've stated it like this. To see our church family come alive because we got involved in the community and met people who are far from Jesus. And you might look at that and go, well, just to meet them, how does that make you come alive? I think you start to come alive when you meet someone who doesn't know Jesus and they start to ask questions about your faith or about what you believe and all that kind of stuff. Pretty soon you're like, wow, I'm engaged. And if they want to learn more, well, you're ready to meet with them and connect with them. And pretty soon we start coming alive and I'm not so worried whether the Blue Jays are going to make it into the playoffs or not. Who cares? At that point, you're more engaged in what really matters in life, right? And so I believe that when we meet people who are far from Jesus, we begin to come alive. God uses us. The Holy Spirit speaks through us. He gives me a purpose that's greater than the things that I would spend my time on that are nothing more than a distraction. Four goals to go with that. An increased dependency on the Spirit through prayer. Personally, individually, collectively. Secondly, that we would get individuals, like us as individuals, and us collectively as a church, into and involved in the community. We need to find more avenues. We're going to be praying, God, open doors. We want to help people develop significant relationships with people far from Jesus because one of the tricks is sometimes it's like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. How could we develop those relationships that would turn into an opportunity uh, to go deeper with a person? We want to get people to invite people to meet Jesus. That can happen anytime. You don't have to wait for a program or the church to do something. That can be what you want to do. I want to share with you something I wrote back almost four years ago, January 21st, 2020. I was kind of doing a little Martin Luther King thing here, you know, I'll have a dream. He he does that much better. But I I kind of thought, what do I envision? And I, I didn't change anything in this. I wrote this almost four years ago. 
that a time will come when those who attend Sardis Fellowship know the gospel message, live it out faithfully, and share it with those around them regularly. That baptisms would happen every two to three months instead of once or twice a year. That the people of Sardis Fellowship will hunger and thirst for righteousness and the will of God in their lives. That parents would carry out their role as the primary disciplers of their children, seeking to train them up in the way of the Lord as their top priority in parenting, doing this in a loving relationship with their kids and modeling a Christ-like life. That those who attend Sardis Fellowship would be people who read their Bibles, obey what they read, and be in prayer every day. Every day. That marriages would be centered on Jesus, allowing his lordship to cause husband and wife to submit to one another in love. Lives tuned to him, Christ. Living in harmony, seeking their spouse as their best friend. Seeing their spouse as their best friend. That collectively, we would minister in our community in a way that demonstrates the love of Christ that transforms lives. I did not change any of this language. That people with addictions would find recovery. That people who have been mean will learn to love. That people who have anger and abusive behavior would stop, get help, learn a new path, showing love, peace, kindness, and goodness, the fruit of the Spirit. That an outward focus to minister to others would result in finances of the church flowing generously, covering all expenses and enabling us to bless others with the abundance God gives. You know, I just wanted to share my heart from almost four years ago, and that's still the same. That's still the vision I have in my heart. Imagine with me that one year from now, it's September 2024, our kickoff Sunday was two weeks ago. We're talking about the Thanksgiving offering coming up. And I come in to the auditorium up front here to preach. And you're all here because no one leaves Sardis Fellowship after they've tasted this. <laughs> but I see something. And I want to know if you see what I see. I see new faces. I see new stories. I see new faces and new stories because we got involved in our community and we help people experience the life that Jesus offer, offers, the life to the full. Some of those stories are this. Jalen brought her son out to our VBS soccer camp last summer and met one of our volunteers just sitting on the sidelines. As they chatted, Jalen shared how she had always wanted more in her life and wondered what the Christian thing was all about. Our volunteer met with Jalen for eight weeks working through a discipleship booklet that our church offers called Essentials of the Christian Faith. Jalen got baptized this summer at Cultus Lake. Isn't that awesome? Phil was invited by one of you to attend the Alpha course that we're going to be running in January. He had grown up Catholic, but he hadn't attended church much, and he always thought there was more to his faith than he knew or understood. After Alpha, on Easter Sunday... Phil was baptized, declaring his faith in Jesus. Isn't that amazing? That's two. Lincoln had been trapped in drug addiction and entered a 12-month recovery program at the Adult and Teen Challenge Men's Center in Yarrow. Because our church partners with Adult and Teen Challenge, when Lincoln graduated, he chose to stay in Chilliwack and made Sardis Fellowship his home church. He felt the love of God through the encouraging words of many people who supported him here. He joined a life group and found a church family that loves him, in which it helps him keep on the path of staying clean and living life to the full. Chuck and Kelsey signed up to go do foster care respite for the Society for Community Living for families that needed a break. They foster little Max, and on weekends, 
they are allowed to bring Max here to Sardis Fellowship, but Max's mom has decided to attend here too, just for that one day. She can't believe that there's a church that offers loving support to her family like this. Shaylin attended a block party that we put on, a free barbecue in our neighborhood. She met two of her other young adults there. They invited Shaylin to the young adults group and is planning, and she is planning to be baptized in a few weeks on Thanksgiving Sunday. That's going to be awesome. 2024. Mike and Shelley were looking for a volunteer opportunity to serve others on a regular basis. When they heard that our church was serving a meal at Ruth and Naomi's mission on the second Monday of each month, they signed up. One night, they met a guy named Jeff. Jeff had come for a meal. Jeff's wife had recently passed away, and he had entered into a depression and fallen onto hard times with no motivation to change his life. He was unemployed and just living day to day. He had, led, he had let his security guard license lapse and needed help to reinstate it in order to find work. Mike and Shelley helped him out by doing the online paperwork, and the church paid for the application fee so that Jeff could get his license back and begin to work again. Now he works a full-time job and is attending a church downtown close to where he lives. Hayden and Janessa came to the Monday night supper and games hosted at the community center of their band at Squaw First Nation. A few of the young marrieds from Sardis Fellowship joined in that meal and stayed to play games afterwards. Hayden and Janessa had been living together for two years and asked if they could come out and join the young marrieds group that meets from time to time because they want to meet some people their own age. Do you see what I see? Yeah, these stories are somewhat fabricated, but they're not really. Most of them are true stories. Some of you are sitting in this room. We become a loving, just, visible presence in our local community, and God shows up. That's what I think happens. That's what I think happens. That's what I'm challenging us to. And I want you to be seeking God for your own life. God, show up in my life that I might be a living presence for someone else, that they might too experience what you're doing in my life. That's what I'm inviting you into. And we want to give you an opportunity. Come January when we run Alpha, uh, it's an opportunity for you to invite someone to come and meet Jesus. Come and be a part of an exploration of what Christianity is all about. So you can be praying about that. And we're going to be talking about it more in the fall. But if you're someone that would help us, would like to help us organize and put that on, come and speak to myself and we'll make sure that you could be a part of our team that's going to be doing that. Vision. The ability to see the future and make a plan to make it happen. I invite you into that as we consider it this fall. Yes, I'll be gone for three weeks, but when I come back, we're going to be talking more and sharing with you practical things of ways in which we believe that God will be leading us to see this happen. So let's pray together as I invite the worship team to come up at this time. Father in heaven, we know that you are a God that is passionate. That passion was worked its way out through the cross of Jesus Christ, your one and only Son, coming into this world and going to the cross and dying for our sin, rising to life that he might be the life giver. Lord, I would pray that we wouldn't stall that process, but rather that we would have a desire in our own hearts that we would allow you to use us to be that living, visible, loving, and just presence in our community. Lord, help us get there. By your spirit, empower us to do what we know we can't do in, in our own strength. And so we just commit ourselves to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our Sardis Fellowship sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please check out sardisfellowship.com. Have a great day and God bless.